and welcome to the podcast for persons with lived experience, inspiring stories for unprecedented times with Dixie and Zona. Crying and screaming. I'm like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? Go. I mean, that was just super traumatic. My son talks about it to this day. Um, yeah. My son's 17 now. And he was like, yeah. do you remember when that guy shot the dog we thought he was going to kill us yeah. and I was like yeah. that's not fair right so in the experience of homelessness now my son has had exposure to things that he never had right. before under our roof and there's a trauma that he's experienced that now how do I explain this this podcast contains content that may be alarming to some listeners Please check the show notes for more detailed descriptions and take precautions for yourself. Thank you. I am Zona Garrett. I'm a writer, speaker, and a person with lived experience of human trafficking and homelessness with Christian Influencer Inspired. Uh, I'm a tiny house enthusiast and a serial foodie. And I'm Dixie. I'm all about joy justice and fair trade fashion i'm an anti-trafficking advocate mom of many and a passionate worshiper today we have our uh guest is danielle webb from um displaced roses she is the executive director and community engagement coordinator uh which is an advocacy organization that assists those experiencing homelessness in the greater gaston area in north carolina Prior to this work, Danielle has an extensive career in healthcare, ranging from pharmacy to behavioral health services. She currently holds licenses as a certified peer support specialist and a nationally certified pharmacy trainer and technician. She is a member of several civic, faith, and health groups, including uh, NAMI, N-A-M-I, Autism Speaks, a housing authority board member, a past county lead and member of the Continuum of Care NC509 Gaston Lincoln Cleveland. Uh, Danielle is also a proud mom to her teenage son, Jaden, who is pursuing computer engineering, Japanese, and linguistics. This podcast is sponsored by Bring Freedom. For more information on how to prevent and end human trafficking, please visit bringfreedom.org. Hi, Danielle. Hi, Zona. Hi, Dixie. Thanks for having me today. Hi. Hi. Thanks for being here. Yes. Glad you're here. (laughs) (laughs) So we are excited to hear more about your story. So if you could kind of start us off with an overview of um, what, what has been your lived experience? Yes. So, um, for me, the biggest thing would probably be the experience of homelessness. So mm-hmm. nine years ago, um, my son and I experienced homelessness in the County where we are, which is Gaston County in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> at that point in time, I was not the stereotype. It was extremely hard with services or assistance um, because I just didn't fit the bill. So we came to experience homelessness um, trying to live the American dream. Mm -hmm. I had went to purchase a home. Um, I'd been with my employer at the 
eight years. Um, and so I was like, yeah, now, now's the time to do it. Um, went to purchase a home, got approved for the loan. Um, and then something happened government wise and the conditions of the loan changed. Oh. And then I no longer qualified. And we were so far along in the process that I literally had the keys to the house already. It was like, yeah, it's already gone through. I had ordered furniture, all mm-hmm. of these things. We were moving out of Gaston County and into Mecklenburg County, which is Charlotte, uh, which is the metropolitan that's near us. And um, it was, you know, all great, wonderful things. Then I get a call from the realtor that goes, hey, so sorry you know, now you just don't qualify. Uh, and I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah uh, well, you know, sometimes this happens. And I was like, I feel like that it shouldn't. What? Um, and so I said, okay, fine. Well, um, if anyone's ever gone through the house buying process, there's an amount uh, what they call earnest money that you right. put up your down payment type of money that you put up. And, um, I'm a single parent, so it was all of my savings, and plus we had, you know, other individuals, I had coworkers and friends that even pitched in um, to help with that earnest money, and it was about ten thousand dollars. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. So at that point in time, when the loan changed, I had passed what is called a due diligence date, oh. which would have allowed me to get a refund back on my earnest money so they got to keep 10 grand (laughs) um oh and we suddenly had no home and so it just i'm a bit type a so i timed so much you know perfectly we were gonna move in the summer so my son could change schools not in the middle of school year Mm -hmm. uh we ended our lease i didn't renew it so it was all of these things and we were out of my apartment probably a week before we were supposed to move in Mm -hmm. so like it was just like oh yeah it's fine we'll just stay at um an extended stay for a week it's no big deal you know we'll just move in sure and so that happened and literally the world just crashed around me and found how hard it was to try to get back with within my own devices right so it's like okay this really sucks you have thousands of dollars of my money but (laughs) I'll just get another apartment um not realizing at the time I needed first and last month's rent Mm -hmm security deposits, utility deposits, all of these things. Right. And at the time, what people, the way society has been groomed, they think that those that experience homelessness, it's all these things that are their fault, right? Oh, you know, you, you probably smoked up all your money or, you know, if you weren't in that bad relationship, you wouldn't have been homeless. Or if you, right, all, all of these things of how it is, but sometimes literally it's just life life just happens and so I did not have I had no more money in my savings so I had no money to do those deposits to move us into an apartment I was still fully employed um 
two months before that happened, I just graduated with my second degree. Um, like it was all of these things, life was going in the right direction. And this was such a hard stop. And I couldn't get back on our feet that fast. Um, and so then we went into the experience of homelessness. Right. So what people sometimes, you know, don't realize is we're all kind of like a paycheck or two away, a, a bad accident away, a health crisis away from being the person that needs help. That's going to be on the receiving end mm-hmm. of needing help. And um, it's something that if people just pause and really think about it, <laughs> they there'll be so much more compassion out in the world than, mm-hmm. than what there is. Absolutely. Zona and I have talked a couple times, you know, about what it's like to experience homelessness and the different things. One story, um, Dixie is the same. It's not. Um, and, but a lot of people think that it is right. Like some right. of the examples that I gave earlier. Um, and for me, I had some form of support here. Um, Mm -hmm. I had family that was here. Um, And so a lot of people go, well, why, how did you end up on the street? Can you just go with your family? And I'm a middle child. (laughs) So (laughs) I was always the, the strong one. Oh, if anybody can, she can. So it was like, well, we know you can handle it. You'll get on your feet uh so you can stay the weekend you can stay a week but after that like you gotta go mm-hmm. and um that's something very very hard and they're like well we didn't think it was going to take you that long and I was like well nobody has a time stamp on homelessness what right. that experience is like so um but it would have been really useful um if you would have let us stay with you guys Right. At that point in time, I seven going on eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and his age point is quite interesting. Um, for for some of your listeners, Zona and I uh, have partnered together several times in doing community work mm-hmm. um, and trying to assess and then break down some of the barriers that people have with trying to get services. Mm-hmm. One of the barriers that families run into is with their male children. Mm -hmm. So a bunch of places will not take boys over a certain age point. So a lot of them in our county, um, the the cutoff is nine. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was very lucky that Jaden, that's my son's name. um, Mm -hmm. Jaden was right before the cusp that we were able to, when we did find services that he could come, there uh-huh. are several people who are turned away. Uh, there's a family I'm dealing with now, single mom, three kids. She has two boys. One is 14 and one is 11. Uh-huh. And so they're like, we'll take you and your daughter, but we won't take your boys. Right. And it's just, that's what, how does a mom make a decision like that? So of course right. the answer is no. Right. How but am I even- supposed to? Even a lot of times, if they will take them, they have to be on their own on the men's side of a shelter. That's mm-hmm. horrible. That's horrible. So, yes. so I want you to imagine somebody in your life that is nine years old, a little boy, having to navigate 
bedtime, shower time, food time, laundry time on his own with grown men. Yeah. Or even, even at oh. age 14. Like yeah. yeah. That's great. Anyways, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. But that's very, that's very, very real. And then, you know, we, we get into the layers of the things of where it's like, what does that trauma look like? Mm-hmm. Um, the parts where it feels like criminalization of being poor. Right. Um, so, so the experience of homelessness has just so many layers and things that happen. But before we get deep into that in policy, because I can go on and on about that for hours. <laughs> Um, I really, really can because it is absolutely uh, a passion of mine to break that down. But it went, and, and a thing that people don't realize too is how expensive it really is to experience homelessness. Yeah. So, I mean, I was fully employed. Um, I was in healthcare, so I made fairly decent money. Mm-hmm. And it, but again, I had no savings left. Right. So people are like, "Well, why can't you just?" And I was like, "I'm still working." People at my job didn't even know. Um, Because again, there's also a stigma. Like, what did you do that caused you to experience homelessness, right? Right. So that's hard, right? It's like, no, I'm I'm here. I'm going to work every day. Like, like we're doing this. And um, so we went through the extended stays, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, They're expensive. Anybody who spent a weekend at any hotel knows it can hit your pocket pretty hard. So imagine that over, you know, several months of a time. Then I'm like, okay, well, we'll we'll take a step down and we'll go into just like a regular hotel motel situation. Mm -hmm. So it saves me a little bit of money, but here's the thing. I don't have a kitchenette, right? Mm -hmm. So I have to then go out fast food restaurants so that we can eat. So that my yes. child can eat. So there's another expense. People are like, oh, well, if you're eating out all the time, you can just say, how else do we have food? We, we don't have refrigerators. Right. We yeah. don't have stoves, you know, to be able to cook a meal. And that's very hard. It would have been a great way to save money, but it wasn't. Right. right. And then that got really hard. And then school got back in um, to session. And I had to be able to get my son back and forth from school. Mm-hmm. And one day I was dropping my son off um, to school where he was going, the elementary school he was going to. I dropped him off and I left out of the parking lot and just there's this big intersection and, you know, the sun's super bright. Anyway, I end up having a car accident. My car <gasps> gets totaled. Um, oh. My uh, knee cap gets like out of place, all these crazy things um but it happened so close to me dropping off my son right I just kept yelling like where's my child it was just you know craziness but right then suddenly I owned that car outright so now on top of the experience of homelessness now I don't have the way to get around Mm -hmm. I don't have the way to get back and forth to work um and I had to make a decision so then I had to go out and go to a dealership and get a car because I didn't have money to just buy a car back outright like I had done earlier. Yeah. All over the earnest money, 10 grand that was lost months prior into mm-hmm. buying a home. 
Mm-hmm. So I say those things to talk about the ripple effect, the triple that happens mm-hmm. that people don't realize, okay, we're finally getting some traction and then right. something happens. Yes. And I ended up um, after going to the hospital and doing that. And at that time I had moved over to a new job. I'd moved up in my healthcare career, but I was new and North Carolina is a, you know, not at fault, right to work state. Mm-hmm. Um, and between the hospital, between me having to be out of work, um, with the house thing falling through in the beginning, like taking more extended time than what was expected, then I lost my job. Ooh. And so it's like insult to injury over here. It was oh, all in like a matter of a month and a half. So it was just, it was just a lot of things to deal with. Luckily, the previous employer I had, I'd left on good terms. You know, I was there for a super long time. Uh, I was still working kind of part-time, you know, as needed as a fill-in. And Mm -hmm. so I was, I was immediately able to get back to full-time work, which was great, but I had to be close enough to where that location was. Right. So we found an old friend um, who I'd gone to high school with. Um, also a single parent. Um, and she said, Hey, you guys can come here, stay here, kind of rent a room or whatever here. And it's like, okay, right. that, that seems great. Right. Yay. Community. Right. We're, we're here together. It was closer to my job, but further from my son's school. Cause my job was in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. My son was still in Gaston County. Right. Um, and it was Okay. But then you get into the dynamic of people's lifestyles. So mm-hmm. um, her lifestyle and our lifestyle was different. Right. Um, I didn't keep, you know, alcohol in my house. Um, I didn't have people coming over in and out. We didn't stay up late. Like that wasn't the rhythm of my house. Mm-hmm. But now we're in somebody else's house renting or not if it's someone else's home (laughs) right you are still you know underneath what they've already got and so I remember remember the day my son opened the fridge he was like I want something to drink and I was like yeah sure just go to the fridge there should be some juice Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it goes in the fridge and it's like oh it's a soda and brings out a can and it's not a soda it's a beer and I was like dude what and he was like I don't know. It's like a can of soda. And I was like, no, because again, because he's only eight. Yeah, he's only eight, right? (laughs) Like, it's like, he doesn't know. And I don't, I don't drink, I don't drink beer. I don't drink beer to this day. But so (laughs) to him, anything that was in a can was always a soda. You know, kid just grabs it. Thank goodness he didn't open it. Like he brought it back to the room where I was. (laughs) Right. And I was like, no, let me go back in and let me, you know, get you a drink. And then realize there's more adult beverages than there are regular beverages, right? Sure. So, right. so now we're having this, you know, inner conflict of like, hey, and, but then again, it's like, well, I'm doing you a favor. You can't yeah. change my house. So what do we do, right? So right. Um, we ended up spending a good bit of like isolated time um, while we stayed there. And I love that friend. We're, we're, we're still friends to this day. Um, mm-hmm. But people don't realize that it's not just a... Um, oh, well, can't you stay with your aunt or your uncle or your friends? And people wonder why people end up couch surfing. Yeah, right. Or going, right? So either 
you don't mesh with what that household already has going on or that household area isn't good for where you are. Mm-hmm. And so the one thing that ended up at this point, I had not gone to any shelters, but at there was some gun violence. A neighbor, um, the boys were outside. My son and my friend's son were outside riding their bikes, you know, having fun. And there was there were dogs in the neighborhood. And this neighbor uh, decides to shoot the dog. Oh. Now, the, the dog was our friend's dog. Oh, no. So the dog was outside with the boys. And so they're on their bikes. They're playing around with the dog. dog. So he shoots the dog like at our boys because the dog oh. was with the boys oh my gosh and that so horrifying right who does that oh my god anyway so i'm inside i think i'm like making lunch it was a weekend i was like making lunch for them or whatever it was a cul-de-sac i mean good community safe community right i wasn't worried and the boys come in crying and screaming and i'm like what's wrong what's wrong what's wrong go I mean, that was just super traumatic. My son talks about it to this day. Um, yeah. My son's 17 now. And he was like, yeah. do you remember when that guy shot the dog? We thought he was going to kill us. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. that's not fair, right? So in the experience of homelessness, now my son has had exposure to things that he never had right. before under our roof. And there's a trauma that he's experienced that now how do I explain this? Save the date for Bring Freedom's live anti-trafficking training event on November 18th and 19th to attend for free. Please use the code PWLEPOD so they know we sent you. Stay tuned for more information. Mm-hmm. So I get the boys in a safe space in the back of the house. I was like, I don't know. This guy's just going around crazy shooting people. Um, and then I went out. We had words. Uh <laughs> Harsh words. I have a mom voice uh, that once it's activated, you know the deal. Yes. (laughs) Oh, really? Zona, thanks so much. I was like, yes. Yes, Yes, she does. I have heard it. (laughs) I have seen it. Um, So, right. So we had words. And then after that, like, the next day, didn't know where we were going to go, what we were going to do, but I packed up my son and I left. And that started the more traditional journey of what people think of, of experiencing homelessness. Mm-hmm. So we stayed in my car. We were, you know, in parking lots at places and trying to call shelters and things to get around. Nobody had room. It was a weird thing. We were staying in Charlotte. I was working in Charlotte, but my son went to school in Gaston County our last address was Gaston County. Right. So I still counted as a Gaston County resident. Uh-huh. And I point that out because that's something that Zona has seen. These are one of the barriers, right? right? Residency is what comes up. And it's like, well, I know I'm a resident there, but I'm here now. Like, right. so why can't I have resources here? And it's like hot potato. People are like, not it. I don't, nope, nope. Yeah. Did you... Oh, you one one time you shopped at Harris Teeter where we're Publix around here. Not it. Like it's just like, <laughs> what can you do? Like oh to to you know to get the services. And so it was it was super hard. So 
from finding that out, then I had to refocus back into Gaston County. Mm-hmm. Um, our county, you know, I say is probably about 10 years back um, from our neighboring metropolitan, which is Mecklenburg County, and the resources and the expansion, and you know, all those things that they have. Um, every county can do better with their response to homelessness, but um, ours is really trying to catch up so I say like we're like the 90s around here um, where people are thinking traditionally it's just like here's a sandwich and a blanket god bless and it's like I need more oh than that goodness. yeah I need more than that um, so oh my goodness let me tell you the sandwich story <laughs> not random but it goes in so while we were staying in, in my car um, and what I know now, which I didn't know then, right? I picked a bad place to like park. I was like, oh, something open 24 hours. That's good. I won't bring attention to myself. So we would stay there. We parked at um, a gas station or whatever. And I was trying to like keep my son in the back. But this place was so busy. We we never actually got any rest. It was never comfortable because there was too many people around right. in where it was. So gas station, not great. Walmarts. Walmarts are good. They're, they're vast parking lots. Also open long hours, but you have more space where people aren't all up on your car or, or looking in or whatever. So um, I didn't know that nine years ago. I know that now. <laughs> right. So I know where to look for people now when we're going out, we're serving. But one day I was sitting in my car. Um, I, I was working. I was going to work the night shift. Um, so we were in my car and this lady comes and knocks on my window Ooh. and is like, hey, did you laugh? I, yeah, because I think I've told you the story, Zona. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> this lady knocks on my window. I'm like, hey. And she was like, oh, hey, I see, you know, you've got, I mean, and you, they're telltale signs of someone, you know, who lives in their car. You'll see totes, you'll see multiple things of clothes, sure. um, yeah. bags, places like smaller food containers around right mm-hmm. so there's there's things that you can tell somebody who you know stay in their car so we had that you know those mm-hmm. signs so the lady comes up she's like hey you know oh well we're just out here you know loving on people this is from a church and she's like so here you know is a sandwich and you know all of this and I said oh um so I asked I said what, what kind of sandwich is it and she's like oh it's like uh it's like turkey and american cheese um sandwich or whatever and so i go oh well thank you but no thank you i don't i don't eat american cheese and i don't i don't I, even right? now i don't <laughs> yeah. eat american cheese cheddar like if i literally left a place that if they did not have cheddar cheese i was like bro i can't even what do you want me to do with that i can't even eat here i've right? got to go <laughs> We have left tables and being like, oh, nope, can't eat here. Because American <laughs> yeah. cheese is not actually cheese. It's, it's not cheese actually food. cheese. Thank you. It's yes. processed goo. Yes. Dyed yellow, orange. I don't know what color it really is. It's like, and she's but... like, how dare you reject my sandwich? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what happens. Yes. Yep. And she's like, well you should be so then she goes and she admonishes me right Uh she reprimands me for for turning down her sandwich and well you should be thankful because it's this and I was like uh you asked me I'd ask you so now so you know the first because she didn't take my first polite oh no thank you I don't eat American cheese Mm -hmm. and she felt that she was in more of the right in a stance of righteousness 
and it's just like uh-huh. it's this is the reason why you you're like this and people don't get anything because you can't and then we had to have words now zona knows at that part of my story i'll always been with Christ like my whole life mm-hmm. but I was not in so I wasn't being fed into so I was very quick with my mouth uh mm-hmm. back then and then I let her know like hey like that's not fair you mad at me you came to me I come to you I didn't I didn't walk up to your soup line and was uh-huh. like can I have some porridge no you you knocked into my door and my piece trying to shove a sandwich and I just said no but you don't want to accept my no right so if you know it went hard and that story <laughs> um always stays in my mind when we uh do our serving days uh with the group that I work with so it's like you know just because you're experiencing homelessness doesn't suddenly mean that your taste changed mm-hmm. right I didn't eat potted meat when I was housed I'm not suddenly going to start eating meat because I have no roof over my head right now. But what we can do, you know, in our, in our human flesh is to try to lessen the effects of it, lessen the length of it, uh, that that person has to experience it. So that's really what the goal should be. It's just that one sandwich story just always splits in speaking of volumes of what's going on just with society with life with yeah and, and that hits me hard because I'm a Christian so mm-hmm. that person coming in like that and it's like you just don't get it like you're right. really missing the mark here and so after a while um of the the car stuff and everything and we would go and ask for help and wouldn't get it we'd be turned away from from shelters or things like that like uh our biggest emergency shelter in our county it actually serves two counties it serves Gaston and it serves Lincoln and um they have a family room great but um you have to be out at a certain time of the morning and not come back in until later well for me that was hard because I worked healthcare. So there would be times where like, I need to be sleeping during the day because I work the night shift, right? Right, So it's like, I I have to be inside. Why am I going running around? That that doesn't make any sense. Um, So it, that one was a barrier for us. There was another organization that, um, you know, kept families together and they would move from church to church. Well, one, with that, you're moving around so much that you don't really get to keep things with you. It's really like you can only have a duffel bag worth of stuff and you're, and, and, and here you are and you're going around and you know, some things would be locked up, but again, that daytime you'd, you'd have to be out. That, that was another problem that we were having. And I remember getting into uh, a heated discussion about my son had medication and so at this point in time, my, my role in healthcare was in pharmacy. Mm-hmm. So I'd been doing pharmacy 10 years at this point. And so they wanted me to release my child's medicine to them. And I said, <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm not going to do that. Um, but, I, but hey, I'm a person of compromise. I said, I understand why you're trying, but I'm not going to give you that. But what I can do is I can purchase a lockbox. Uh Um, so that it is there, um, locked up, sealed, um, and, and that is perfectly fine, but just to hand you my child's bottle, um, 
And at that time, it was something that could, what he was taking could be abused. And so it's like, sure. no, why, why would I allow that out? A, because I know what, before the sure. world was seeing opioid addiction and, you know, um, mm-hmm. meth and all of that stuff, when you're on the other side, the pharmacy side, right, we're, we're privy to those things before, you know, the general public is sometimes. And it's sure. like, right. why would I let that go? No, we know mm-hmm. how we're supposed to put the safeguards in place. And this woman was going back and forth with me and I said, you know what? You can keep it. <laughs> you you can keep all of this. I'm not in the mood to go jumping around from church to church anyway. So we left, right? Yeah. Uh and then we were back in our car for a while. And it was and it was really hard. Finally, um we get to a women's transitional house that's in the area mm-hmm. and I call I go through the interview um, and I was denied so yet again another closed door that right. person said to me you are what we want the women that come in what we want their lives to be you're, <laughs> you're, you're too good you're too advanced I said I still don't have a home ma'am Right. Like, so I'm not eligible because I'm employed and I have education. I need a safe place to be. I need a place for my son to be. Like, that's not mm-hmm. it. And it's just like, yeah, no. I mean, you don't, you don't have any addictions, or it, I, I don't know how we can really help you. I was like, a roof, a home, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Like that. That that's the help. That's what I'm asking for. You know. Okay. And it was weird. Um, and I said, okay, well. Uh, thanks right um and another week goes by and i get a call and it was the director of this place who uh had given me the note Mm -hmm. and she said to me like legit she said she said you know what the lord has not stopped working on me about you and i apologize i was you are who we need to help. You are somebody who is struggling, and that is of this transitional house. I apologize for saying no. We would like to have you and your son to come. Okay. And I just cried because God was making a way, right? It right. could have just been no. That person could have just been like, whatever. Right. But the Holy Spirit was like, no, you know you was wrong. Right, you know, you know, you was wrong. Like whatever, whatever was going on in that week, right? Like, also was happening, and then it pushed her to action to call, um, because again, we didn't know. I we I, I say that like my son was making life decisions, but I didn't know what we were going to do, um, and so we were able to to get in to there. I'm so grateful. Um, I met my best friend there. Um. I am now in the city that I currently live is because of where that transitional place was. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like we were able to build life. Sure. Now I talk about that because it's where the beginning of the reconnection with the Lord came for me Um, because there came a testimony out of that test that whole season it took for us to get out of the experience of homelessness 
but there were so many things that in the end came out that was grateful. Like I said, like my best friend, you know, came from there. Um, I would have never met her. Our, mm-hmm. our lives were totally different. She was originally in a different place. Our pa- our past would have never crossed had it sure. not been there. Um, I wouldn't have been able to find where I live right now had I not been placed there. Had the Lord not worked on that woman's heart for her to come back and take away her no, change it to a yes, to to do to do the things that that has happened. Right, all of that worked out for the good all mm-hmm. things he brings together to work for good and when people go oh yeah well you know the homeless and it's this and that and you know it's their fault and you know the home easy you know i i love i love the uh-oh face that happens when i go right well what about me they go what do you mean i said i the people you I, I am that yeah what yes yeah. me oh uh, uh no, no 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 not you but like i was like but I experienced homelessness. Yeah, I said, but here's the thing: I wasn't getting. I remember this guy. He was like, you know, those girls getting beat on in their head. They should have had more sense. It was like I was never <laughs> in, you know, uh, any domestic violence or intimate partner violence. Right. In that, that caused me to be unhoused. I did not have a drinking problem. I don't use drugs. I wasn't out dating multiple people it really was just work school my son that was that was my cycle right so it's like all of these things that you're saying that is supposed to be that person's fault I fit none of those right I don't fit your checkbox so then what do you do because I still experience homelessness and people just I just uh and I go yep nope think about it well you know if they would just get a job they wouldn't be homeless I said I was fully employed Right. I never stopped working during the time I was experiencing homelessness. Mm-hmm. Never. Yeah. And I still experience homelessness. So we know that just employment ain't the answer. Right. right? There's so many different things. Again, the layers that comes with it. And so I think that's kind of important to talk about. So sure. anywho, yeah. that's my story. And so those are the things that displaced roses do. We we go in, we advocate, we stand in the gap. Um, to try to assist and lessen the impact of experiencing homelessness in our county. Yeah. So Danielle, um, how do we connect with you if we want to uh, support Displaced Roses, uh, donate funds, help put together blessing bags, anything like that? Yes. So the best way um, is through our Facebook. Um, we're on Facebook, Displaced Roses. Um, that is there. We uh, also have a website, which I'm an army of one, I'll be honest. So um, <laughs> I don't have a lot of time to update that website, but our social media stays constant because I can do that from our phone. So um, that is always the best way. Funds can be donated. We set up a cash app not too long ago, um, just due to the time of how we live now so mm-hmm. um cash app displaced roses uh that can easily be just like it sounds displaced roses all together um mm-hmm. is a cash app that's that way we're actually in the process of um going through to become nationally recognized as a 501c3 tedious and expensive process um and so funds can can go to help for that um they can help for our everyday we also assist with final resting arrangements for people that tag is displaced angels um 
where we help to bring dignity um, after someone has passed um, and help to do re- reunification with families. Um, and, and funerals are expensive. <laughs> yeah. um, locating families uh, is tedious and sometimes expensive. So um, th- those would be great ways to help. Um, but if there's people out there, I just say giving is great. The money is great. Yes, please give. Don't don't misunderstand that. Uh, but your time currency is always, always what is needed. Your gifts and talents um, is what I desperately need um, out here in this community. So if you're in the Gaston, Mecklenburg area, come out and join us. Volunteer. Uh, if you have a special skill, you're like, you know, I'm not great outside, but I'm great at admin or, you know, I, I know how to do taxes or I can build something or, you know, all of those things, whatever you sure. have, we can use. So um, you can always reach out through our Facebook page um, and say, Hey, I want to help. How, how can I do that? Wonderful. Great. Right. Well, thank you very much for your time. We're so glad that you were here today. Yes. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you, Danielle. It was wonderful listening to all your stories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much. And I thank you guys for the work that you're doing, uh, giving a space, a safe space for people with lived experience, no matter what that experience is, to be able to talk about that. Mm-hmm. It is helpful. It is healing. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it begins to break down the stigma of what that is. So thank you both. Uh, Zona and Dixie for the work you're doing. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoy hearing stories of persons with lived experience, please rate and review wherever you're listening to this podcast.